0: I'll see
1: the most accurate Podcast. I'm your host Anthony Stoltz, alongside me is John Paulson 444.com 44.com, senior editor. How you doing, John? I'm doing pretty good. Anthony, how are you doing? Good. Your uh your freaking Packers pulled one out oh. of the pulled the rabbit out of the hat yesterday. I thought for sure Cleveland was going to get its first victory, but here here comes Brett Hundley.
2: Just to give you a little uh, glimpse into the the Paulson household yesterday. Um, at a certain point, I, I te- tore off my uh, Aaron Rodgers jersey, hung it back up, <laughs> turned off turned off the game, and started doing some chores around the house because they were down twenty one uh, one seven or they were down fourteen points, whatever it was. Yeah, twenty one like, seven. Yeah, it was getting late, and I was you know I was doing some stuff. and I was like, I can't watch this anymore. It's so frustrating. And as I was doing some work, I would come back and look, and they were oh they were driving, they're driving, and then when they got into the red zone, I was like, all right, I'll turn this back on. <laughs> and then we watched watched from there and it was it was basically a back against the wall, seasons on the line. And not like this is not heroic performance at all to beat the Browns, you know, 0 uh, twelve team. I think I tweeted that um losing to an 0 and twelve team on a in a must win game is a fireball offense. <laughs> I was getting very upset with uh <laughs> with Mike McCarthy and everything, but uh, he, he really pulled the rabbit out of the hat there the last few drives. And then overtime, um, pretty crazy. And Devontae Adams, man. Wow. That was quite the uh, last drive for him. Cause he had a big catch on third down, I think. And then uh, obviously the, the touchdown catch and run. I mean, they, they just don't throw the ball downfield at all with Hundley barely at all. And uh, it's going to be very strange to see uh, the Packers like going downfield again. Uh, hopefully, Rodgers is uh his uh collarbones fully healed and he can come back and play because they've got to win out in order to get a uh, playoff spot and they're not even guaranteed uh, to get one even if they do win out they just have to hope for some help
1: well a couple things here one please beat the panthers this sunday because uh okay that, right. that choke job of a team minnesota they had minnesota the, v- the vikings had their super bowl in atlanta two weeks ago and of course they go to charlotte yesterday have two offensive linemen who are banged up and uh, Decided to lose to the Panthers, so so that ticked me off. Um, the other thing is, you know, Green Bay next time just kick the field goal, please, because when you have Cleveland mm-hmm. plus three and you have the push in your back pocket, you don't need a bad beat, which is exactly what that was. So uh. thank you, Devonte Adams. Um, the other thing, what what else was I going to say? Oh, I love how our, I love how you 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 are you. And listen, you're one of the smartest guys I know. Uh, I've, I've worked <laughs> with you for a long time. I love the fact that that even. A football team can bring you to your knees in an irrational sense, because on Thursday <laughs> night when when my Falcons were playing, once Matt Ryan threw the third pick, I'm like texting my buddies, "I'm done, I'm done," and you know what? Fire Dan Quinn too, fire him because his defense, blah, blah, blah. like you just you just go absolutely ape crap. Uh, it's amazing what your teams will do to you, especially in December. So I'm gl- I'm glad that the Packers can do that to you too.
2: Yeah, I mean it was it was it was definitely frustrating, but yep. no, they got the win. I know nobody, nobody feels sorry for me, so. No,
1: especially especially yeah. since you're a Packer fan. But, uh, all right, tell us yeah. about the music that that brought us in here, and then we'll get to some of the fallout, including the unfortunate situation with Carson Wentz.
2: Yeah, that was, uh, you know, children uh, of the uh, 90s, uh, you know, born in the 80s or 70s maybe would recognize this uh This track from Soul Coughing, it was a minor uh, alt-rock hit in 1998 from their, uh, the name of the track is Circles, um, from their uh, album El Oso. It's the third track off that album I've added to the most accurate podcast playlists, Uh, so check it out. All right, let's talk about the Carson Wentz situation. It's
1: not official, as of this podcast, whether or not Carson Wentz is going to miss the season, but for all intents and purposes, it certainly looks and sounds like he has a torn ACL. So Nick Foles entered the game yesterday and made a couple of key throws. The one in Nelson Aguilar on that third down to extend the drive was absolutely critical. And the Eagles picked up a huge win in L.A. Who can Wentz owners target, assuming they advanced in their fantasy playoffs this weekend? I'm sure they did because before Wentz went down he had a monster fantasy day. Uh, would you target Nick Foles? Would you look at somebody like Deshaun Kaiser, who had a good game yesterday, or Blake Bortles, who had a good game? What what can Wentz owners do from this point forward?
2: Uh, I was looking at uh, our adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, strength of schedule to quarterbacks to, to try to get some ideas for, for streaming uh, possibilities. And there are a few guys uh, that have Two good matchups here the next two weeks. Uh, I think the number one target would be Case Keenum. He's got uh, banged up, very banged up Cincinnati defense uh, that didn't put up much of a fight yest- uh, yesterday uh, at home. And then they then he faces the, the Packers, uh, what passes for a pass defense <laughs> uh, for the Packers. Um, so those are two good matchups. He's been pretty much on fire, uh, multiple touchdowns, most games. Uh, has good receivers to throw to, all that. Uh the next option I think I would take is Nick Foles uh, because he is a capable quarterback. He has the Giants and the Raiders. The next two games that that offense is humming. I think he'll keep it going. Uh, he's, he's I don't think he'll post uh, Carson Wentz type numbers, but he should be able to to get you a couple touchdowns, 200, 250 plus yards uh, in both those games. Given the matchups, I mean those are pretty favorable. Uh, Blake Bortles has Houston and San Francisco, so and he's you know been playing pretty well. I think he's a, he'd be, be a solid streaming option both weeks. Uh, Joe Flacco has been hot the last couple of weeks. Um, that offense is starting to take off a little bit in terms of the passing game. Maybe his back is starting to feel better. He has Cleveland and an Indianapolis, uh, his two matchups. So that's not bad at all. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, if you're starting to get desperate, uh, he's got the Lions and then the Browns. He, you know, he's functional <laughs> as a fantasy option because he does get some running, rushing yards. And I think he, I uh, had a pretty good game yesterday, yardage wise as well. And then if you're if you're looking to maybe split up the streaming, you don't want you don't necessarily need a guy that can cover both weeks. Uh, I do like uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's matchup next week against uh, the Titans. And then if you p- compare him with Andy Dalton, um, Andy Dalton has Detroit in Week 16, so you could get a Tennessee and then Detroit schedule with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and, and Andy Dalton. Those guys, uh, Garoppolo's got Jacksonville in the second in Week 16. That's not good. Dalton's got. Uh, Minnesota in uh, week 15. So that's not good. But if you can get both of those players and and just do a little committee there, uh, that's not bad at all.
1: Good breakdown, John. Uh, Josh McCown stuff. Actually, you know what? Let's stick with the Eagles for a second before we get into some of the, the, the other quarterback situations. Jay Jai is slowly becoming the number one back in Philly, or at least that's that's my question to you. Do you think he is? Because he rushed fifteen times for 78 yards in that Eagles win over the Rams. He also out-touched Legarrett Blunt 16 to 9. So what's a Jai's upside from here on out?
2: Yeah, it's it, it's funny looking at this backfield because you're trying to project it because, you know, back in week twelve, um Legarrett Blunt had fifteen carries for ninety-seven yards. It looked like he was gonna remain the lead back, but then he had eight and seven carries the last two weeks uh meanwhile has had 24 uh, attempts in the last 2 weeks for 113 yards he's running the ball better in the in the short term here uh he's also a pretty good pass catcher as well so i would look at him as the um as the starter there and you're getting into a better uh a better set of uh matchups for him cuz he's coming off of chicago in week 12 it's a red matchup uh seattle week 13 red matchup rams last week which was pretty good he did well against them in week 14 and then the next two matchups the giants 29th in adjusted fancy points allowed to running backs and oakland uh six uh in fa- uh, adjusted fancy points allowed to running backs. so i i think i'll have him ranked in the top 20 uh, both of the next two weeks uh banking on you know the 15 to 20 uh touches that he should see if he's the lead back of this of this uh, uh, in this offense because you would think they would run the ball a little bit more especially in these nice matchups uh, with Nick Foles under center.
1: Let's talk about these other quarterback injuries. Josh McCown suffered a broken hand in that in that Jets loss to the Broncos. Very emotional for him. He let, yesterday talking about just kind of it might, what might be his his final days. I think he's approaching 40 years old. He's played pretty well. How much do you downgrade Robbie Anderson and Austin Safarian Jenkins if Bryce Petty is now entered into the starting lineup?
2: Yeah, I mean, Robbie was, was starting to push RB1 rankings uh, in good matchups. Uh, he was i I'm sorry, wide receiver one rankings in, in good matchups. He was a re- wide receiver two last week, um, in my rankings, low end, uh, didn't perform very well against the the Broncos. Three for 27 on six targets. I think you have to downgrade him significantly. He's going to be a wide receiver three or four with this uh, change at quarterback because Josh McCown was actually, you know, playing re- really well, uh, and that he was propping up this uh, this pass offense. Uh, it was all running through him, so. Um, I, I would, uh, would not feel confident starting Robbie Anderson next week uh, against the saints. Uh, he's got the chargers in week 16. He's probably going to see Casey Hayward in that one. Uh, and then Austin Safari Jenkins, I think just kind of falls off the map as a, as a tight end option. He's going to probably be ranked in around tight end 20, I think next week
1: one more quarterback and then we'll talk about some running backs. Marcus Mariota is reportedly dealing with a knee injury. Any impact on the Titans skill position players and at this point I'm really only talking about Rashad Matthews.
2: Yeah, this is uh you know he's got the the 49ers this week, so the the defensive matchup is pretty favorable and you know I think we'll have Mariota, you know, ranked in the top 20 and um Richard Matthews in the top 30 or so, but then you get into week 16 uh, against the Rams. They're number three adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterback. So that's going to be a tough matchup for, for Mariota there if his knee's not feeling much better and, you know, he's not throwing the ball particularly well. He's got sub 190 yards in the last three games. He's only got one touchdown uh, or he's got two touchdowns in the last three games, Um, passing one rushing. And if he's not going to be able to take off and run, then he's not gonna be able to prop up his fantasy Production with uh, rushing yards, so this is a pretty dicey situation for Mariota Ordners. I think I would look to st- to stream if I have Mariota, and uh, you know, Rashard Matthews is going to get downgraded.
1: Uh, on a personal note, Marcus Mariota has basically sunk my the league that you and I are in. Uh, yeah. I, I've slowly, you know, the team I took over it was it was bare. It's a keeper league. It was barren of talent. I mean, I've slowly added guys like. Um, You know, Leonard Fournette this year and Michael Thomas a year ago. Like, I'm adding talent, right? But I wanted to get a quarterback that I could get later on that was going to be available. And also, I thought Marcus Mariota would have kind of a junior season like Russell Wilson with the running yards and everything. He just absolutely killed me. But what are you going to do? Um, Moving on. I wanted to ask you about Mike Davis because you and I were talking about him last week as a potential waiver wire ad, and I know you had him around, I don't know, 22, 23 in your rankings in PPR this week. So what did you make of the Seahawks usage of Mike Davis yesterday? He was one of the, like I said, he was one of the backs that we were discussing. He rushed 15 times for 66, 66 yards, and he caught one pass for one yard. If you're trying to handicap whether or not he's going to be usable this Sunday, against the Rams. What, what do you think?
2: I think so. I mean, the Rams have had trouble stopping the run all year and, you know, the Seahawks should be able to keep this one closer. So they're not having to turn to JD McKissick, you know, early in the game to try to play catch up. Cause that's what sort of happened yesterday with, uh, against the Jaguars, but uh, Davis getting that, you know, over four yards per carry against the uh, Jaguars who have been significantly better um, against the run since they uh, traded for that defensive tackle. Um, so, and then and then look at the year the week before with the you know sixteen carries for sixty four yards against the Eagles, who were like the, the worst fantasy matchup for running backs. He also added four catches for thirty-seven yards in that game. So I think you know, week fifteen, week sixteen, he's gonna be ranked in the top twenty. Uh twenty-second, uh, the Rams are twenty-second and just the fantasy points allowed to running backs. The the Cowboys are eighteenth in that measure, although Sean Lee's back, so that makes it a little bit dicier. Um, but I think he's going to you know, definitely be ranked as an RB2 uh, next two weeks.
1: I want to ask you about Amari Cooper. I, I, I figure I know where you're going with this. And, and maybe owners re- owners that have had Amari Cooper all season, he's frustrated them all, all year. Maybe they didn't even make the, the next round of the playoffs or if, if the playoffs at all. But if you do have Cooper, who re-aggravated the ankle injury yesterday, even if he's active on Sunday, do you trust him? as a wide receiver three, is he startable at this point?
2: Uh, No, I mean, he's, he's 39th on the, on the year. Um, He had a goose egg yesterday. Uh, You know, it was a great matchup. It was the, it was the, the one team that he really exploded against this year. I wouldn't trust him. Uh, He's got, I think he's got a high ankle sprain. Uh, It was really dicey that he would even come back and play and play well uh, yesterday. And obviously he didn't. Um, so I think you just got to leave him on the bench and, and look for other options. I'm, I'm sure I'll have him ranked. If he even does play, I'll have him ranked in the 50s or 60s, and there have to be better options on the waiver wire.
1: Speaking of better options or potential better options, D.D. Westbrook caught five of eight targets for 81 yards and a touchdown, and the Jaguars went over the Seahawks on Sunday. Jacksonville has Houston coming up, and the Texans' defense has really struggled against opposing wide receivers this year. If Westbrook is available on on somebody's waiver wire, would he be a solid waver, solid waiver wire pickup?
2: Yeah. He might be out there in a, in shallower leagues, uh, but you know, he's got five plus catches three straight weeks. Uh, he's averaging 8.3 targets per game. Uh, he finally found the end zone, which was, you know, we were wondering if he was going to be a, a touchdown scorer at all for for the Jaguars, but he, both he and, uh, Marquise Lee look really good. And if you add Alan Robinson to the mix next year, uh, that's going to be a nice, uh, group of receivers for the, for the Jaguars. They're, they're, they're looking good there at receiver. Uh, The next two weeks, this is great for him. I mean, the the Texans are 28th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to receivers. The 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 49ers are 12th, so they're not as bad, but still a neutral matchup for him. So uh, I think you'll be seeing him ranked uh, definitely in the top 40, probably uh, you know pushing the top 30 uh, at least this next week due to the matchup. Uh, This is this is a nice matchup for both him and uh, Marquise Lee. All
1: right, Demarius Thomas had been. Uh, posting not so great numbers with, with the quarterback situation going on in Denver. And yesterday he went off. He he had uh, seven catches for 40, well, went off as a relative term, but he, he had seven catches for 45 yards in his previous two games before yesterday. And then he caught 12, uh, eight of 12 targets for 93 yards and a touchdown. Is it safe for owners to start getting Thomas back into the lineup?
2: Uh, you can start um I, I did not feel good about it, given the matchups that he had and the production that he had. I mean, he only had 5 and eight, five for 18 against Oakland, uh, 2 for 27 against Miami. Uh, was seeing the volume, 8 and 10 targets, so it was just a matter of you know Trevor Simeon and him not being on the same page, not being able to hook up, and then uh, they finally got things ironed out last week. So I would expect another 8-plus target day. I mean, he's got a great matchup this week against the, the Colts. I mean, he's going to be ranked in the top 25 uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, especially given the way that Emmanuel Sanders is playing. It's just not happening for him. Four targets. I mean, he, Manny Sanders is good and he has had 16 yards or less in four straight games, which is incredible, incredibly bad for him. Uh, in week 10, he had six catches for 137 yards on 11 targets. And then since then, it's just been dreadful. He's dealing with this ankle injury. It must be it must be bothering him more than he's letting on. He's trying to play through it, um, and it's just not happening. So you, you would expect those targets to be funneled back uh, to Demarius Thomas, and he should have a he should have a good game against the Colts this week.
1: Greg Olson played fifty nine of sixty four. So 92% of his snaps in week 14 against the Vikings. He did briefly leave the game. It looked, it looked pretty serious. I thought maybe he was done, yeah, uh, he, yeah. but you know, he wound up only missing a few snaps. Owners are chomping at the bit to get Olsen back in the lineup. So given his snap percentage, uh, John, do you think that he could be an option this Sunday when the Panthers host your Packers?
2: Yeah, we're showing him with no targets uh, on 92% of the snaps and I'm interested to look into the details here and see how many routes he ran if, or if he was just in blocking against the, a pretty good Minnesota uh, pass rush. Uh, that might be the case. So, uh, the, the you know, the Packers have, have a decent pass rush. I don't know if they're going to continue to do that. He, Cam Newton needs pass catchers, so to not have him running routes is strange. Um, he's the best, second-best receiver. Uh, when he plays the Packers, he tends to kill them. 2015 Uh, He did it all the way back (laughs) when he was with the Bears. I was so happy to see him traded out of the division uh, a few years ago. Uh, But 2015, uh, four for uh, 66 and a touchdown against uh, the Packers. In 2014, eight for 105 on eight targets against the Packers. So he does tend to to bring it against the Packers. And uh, I I don't know that I'd feel real confident if I could even rank him in the top 15. But we'll see. Uh, Just given this usage and, and... and as you mentioned, uh, there's footage of him limping badly off of the the field. It must have not have been a, a too serious, but I, I thought his day was done when I saw the footage of him limping off the field. But um, he got back out there. Ninety two percent of the snaps. It's just the usage is just not there right now.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought for, I even texted a buddy. I'm like, this the, the Greg Olson, he's gonna be he's got to be shut down for the the season, and then whoop, he yeah. he's right back yeah. out there. I'm gonna ask you about Jesse James, but if you want to expand the conversation, because tight end is such a volatile position, it's it's tough to fill week to week, especially this week. We had Rob Gronkowski was um susp- you know he's suspended for tonight's game against the Dolphins. Zach Ertz was out. I mean, tight end is just a tough spot to fill. I'm going to ask you about Jesse James, but if you want to expand on your thoughts to all tight ends, you know, feel free. Jesse James caught ten of twelve targets for 97 yards last night against the Baltimore Ravens. Both he and Vance McDonald. I mean, if you watch that game last night, Big Ben was going to those two tight ends a lot, and he wound up throwing for over 500 yards. McDonald looks like uh, he's going to miss some time with a shoulder injury, so could James have some streaming value in Week 15?
2: Uh, he could. He's he's got a, a bad matchup against the. Uh... The patriots They're actually number one in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight end. So the chances of him going off are slimmer than usual. Uh, so I'll just run down a few guys that have good matchups here in week 15 and, and see if we can find anybody for, for owners out there. Charles Clay is playing his old team, Miami. Uh, you know, the quarterback situation there is pretty dire. Uh, ben Watson's playing um, the Browns. That offense is taking off a little bit. Uh, Adam Shaheen had a good game last last week. He plays the the Lions. Uh, they're they're a, a dark green matchup for us, so a very good matchup. Um, then you're looking at Jack Jack Doyle is probably not available for streaming. He's got Denver, uh, and uh, just sort of looking through the oh, if uh, Trey Burton is still available on the waiver wire and Zach Ertz is, is still dealing with the headache injuries, uh, he has the Giants this week, and they're uh, one of the worst teams in the league against. Uh, tight ends so uh, and then maybe Brent Selleck against the um not Brent Selleck, uh Garrett Selleck against the the 49ers against the Titans they're uh they've been giving up some points to, to the tight end position as well
1: let's talk about the Monday night football matchup the Dolphins and Patriots go tonight the Patriots need to continue to play well because uh, they're in pursuit of that 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 top seed in the AFC and they've got the Steelers on deck the point total tonight is sitting around forty-eight or forty-eight and a half in Vegas, so that's a pretty high number, especially with the Dolphins uh, struggling offensively. What, what are some players that you're looking forward to tonight? And specifically, Chris Hogan—is he startable now that he's set to come back? And with Gronk also suspended, you know, how, how much do you see uh, Chris Hogan getting involved?
2: Well, with Gronk out, they really need they really need him. So I, I you know, the shoulder injury should I don't know, it shouldn't limit him at all. Um, he should be out there, and you you do worry about guys coming off of long layoffs. But uh, given how much they need him with with Gronk out, I, I would expect a pretty good game from him. Uh, I'm interested to see how this backfield continues to shape up with Rex Burkhead and Deion Lewis. Um, you know, Burkhead has fewer carries over the last uh, three games, thirty to forty, but he's got three touchdowns. He has twice as many targets as Deion Lewis, 12 to 6. He's got nine catches, and he's got a touchdown in the receiving game as well. Um, so I had Burkhead ranked ahead of Deion Lewis this week. Uh, Lewis was dealing with a, some sort of illness as well. Uh, but I felt like, uh, given the matchup, this was a, a nice spot for, for for Burkhead. I think they both are, could have good games. But I'm also interested to see how the, the Dolphins are going at receiver with Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills has outplayed Parker this year. Um, but that most of that came with Cutler's sideline, but now that Cutler's back, uh, you know, last week I thought Parker would, uh, you know, return to his uh, target, hog- target hogging ways, but uh, it was Kenny Stills that had the good game uh, last week. And, you know, I'm once again interested to see, you know, how these targets are divvied up between these two guys because um, Jay Cutler really took a shine to Devontae Parker early in the year, and then it's just kind of uh, – he's kind of fallen by the wayside.
1: Uh, John, I want to let you know that – and our listeners know that uh, breaking news, Carson Wentz has torn his ACL. He is out for the year. We didn't know when we started the podcast whether or not that news uh, would be official, but Doug Peterson actually confirmed it. So Carson Wentz is done for the year, torn ACL. They're going to turn to Nick Foles, and, and boy, it's just – I mean, it's, it's just awful news for a, a player that was going to be an MVP conversation and for an Eagles team that looked like uh, a legitimate Super Bowl contender. So, unfortunate news with Carson Wentz. So, we'll see what what happens with Nick Foles and whether or not they sign a, a backup uh, to also replace him. All right, John, that'll that'll do it for our podcast. Look, tonight, if you're battling it out for a uh, playoff spot or, or a chance to advance in your playoffs, we'll be back on Friday for that edition and look ahead to week 15, we'll talk about injury news, any anything fantasy-related get you ready for the second or first round of your playoffs. For John Paulson, you can follow him on Twitter at 444 four underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stoltz Appreciate you listening to the Most Accurate Podcast. We'll see you on Friday.
0: I, and I-